drive, 13 games to play, and your Cincinnati Reds hold a playoff spot. What's going on? Happy Saturday. Welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby. You know it by now. Chatterbox Reds is your daily home for live post-game shows after every Reds game on YouTube and podcast like you're listening to right now, available It'll be every day, the rest of the season, doesn't matter if it's a Saturday, a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every single day we'll have a podcast talking about the Reds in this playoff chase, and this show is presented as always by Betfred Sportsbook. All right, coming up on today's show, myself and Trace Fowler discuss Friday night's Reds game. I'll let you know where everything stands in the NL wildcard race, recap the Reds minor league action and preview Saturday's Reds game. But first, here's what happened on Friday night. It was the first of three for the Reds against the New York Mets in Queens. Mets came in hot. They were winners of three in a row and eight and five in their last 13 games. And on Friday night, it was Hunter Green for the Reds up against David Peterson for the Mets. And it was a scoreless game going into the fifth inning. But at the top of the fifth, Noel Marte singled 109 off the bat. Harrison Bader hit a ball hard. It was called an air, but it was a well-hit ball from Bader. Marte ran first to third, and then a wild pitch put the Reds up 1-0. Top of the sixth, Nixon Zell singled, and then Spencer Steer hit an absolute bomb to straightaway center field. Even more impressive, wind blowing in on Friday night. 3-0 Reds. And Hunter Green, he was absolutely brilliant early in this game. Green took a no-hitter into the fifth inning, and he was an out away from getting through six innings. Uh, pitch count was near 100, but DJ Stewart singled off Green, and that put runners on the corners. David Bell came out, thought maybe he was making a pitching change, but he decided to stick with Hunter Green to face the Mets slugger Pete Alonzo. And Alonzo smoked his 45th home run of the season. And just like that, it was a tough ball game. Tough night for Hunter Green, uh, day to end. But at the top of the seventh, Reds needed someone to pick up Hunter, and it was Jonathan India. Jonathan India smoked a two-run home run to left center field. That made it 5-3 Reds. And India... He was teammates with Alonzo at Florida. His dad is an unapologetic Mets fan, so that moment had to feel really good for India. But game not over. Bottom of the seventh, Lucas Sims walked the first two batters, and he got pulled. Ian Jabot came in. Jabot got a double play and then a weak ground out to end the inning. We moved to the bottom of the eighth. Jabot did get one out, but he left two runners on base. And David Bell turned to Alexis Diaz a little earlier than normal, only with one out in the eighth against Pete Alonzo. Diaz retired Alonzo, and then Diaz retired all five Mets batters that he faced, including two strikeouts in the ninth. Reds pick up a huge 5-3 win, win number 77 on the season. And here's where things stand in the NL wildcard race. Phillies hold the first wildcard spot. They're four games ahead of the Reds. Cubs hold the second wildcard spot, but after their third straight loss, they are just a game and a half ahead of the Reds now. And then it's only the Reds and the Diamondbacks tied for the third and final wildcard spot. Reds hold the tiebreaker over the Diamondbacks, so if the postseason started today, 
The Reds would be in. The Diamondbacks would be out. The Marlins, they beat the Atlanta Braves on Friday night. So the Marlins remain just a half game behind the Reds and the Diamondbacks. Giants, they lost a heartbreaker in the uh, bottom of the ninth inning. They were leading. Rockies scored two runs in the bottom of the ninth. So the Giants are now one full game behind the Reds. And the Diamondbacks, that's of course huge for the Reds because the Giants are a team that the Reds do not hold the tiebreaker against. All right, here is what David Bell had to say about Friday night's big win. How much confidence as a manager? I'm, this may be an obvious question. Alexis has to go more than an inning facing a batter like Alonzo. Just the whole situation now he in. Yeah, I mean, he, we've... It's just tough getting five outs against any team. You know, the hitters he faced tonight, you have to be really, really good. And he's shown that he's really good. Um, but even... Even saying that, like, you know, it takes extreme focus to, to get the f- last five outs of a game. And, uh, you know, it just says so much about Alexis, his stuff, his competitive nature, and just the d- desire to get it done right there. He pick, picked everybody up and, um, you know, finished out a really important game for us. India had it struggled before the home run. Uh, obviously comes up big for you guys. How much does he mean to this team? Yeah, I mean, he's means a lot. And, and, and I say that, I mean, obviously, Jonathan as the person, the teammate, all of that, we've talked a lot about that, but just the kind of player he is, you know, to have the confidence, you know, you're having a, a tough night, you know, he, he, it's no big deal. Three at-bats is no big deal in the big picture, and he knows that. And he has the confidence now where you, know, you just keep, you keep going, you keep grinding it out. It's easier to do that when we're playing important games, and every at bat could could be the difference, uh, not only in the game but the season. And you know, there's no no better way to play the game as a player than uh, to play like that. And uh, I think guys like Jonathan are going to shine in those situations. No, it doesn't work like this. But outside of one pitch for Hunter, um, pretty good night in your estimation, I would imagine. And did he? kind of talk you into staying out there no no i that was my decision hunter obviously wanted to stay in um but he's been really good since he's come back um pitched obviously really well tonight great fastball i think his slider is just getting better and better just a good mix he's had great tempo with his delivery since he's come back um the next time he's gonna get it done i mean he, he was pitching great the one part, though, I mean, he had to get it done against one of the best hitters in the game, you know, and that that's, uh, I want to make sure that, that Hunter knows that, uh, you know, it's one pitch, like you said, and against that hitter, and, you know, he should feel great about his entire start tonight. And here's the hero, Jonathan India. When you came up in the seventh inning, uh, it could have been deflating with the Alonzo shot, yeah. and, and you hadn't had the greatest game yeah. up to that point. What's going through your head at that point? Just have a good at bat. You know, just have a good back for my team. My team need, needed me there, and uh, um, yeah, it was like you said, it was a, wasn't a great night for me. You know, the, the lefty pitched me really well, and you know, I couldn't find a rhythm with him. And um, yeah, I just stuck in there. You know, cleared my mind and, and put a good swing on the ball. Meaningful games. Yeah, these are so meaningful. Oh yeah, it's like playing. That's the best. This is what I played baseball for. You know, I love winning. I'm a winning player. Um, it's just it's such an honor to be in this position, you know, to be able to be on the field with them, with my guys, and uh, have a chance to make the playoffs like this. So uh, 
Everyone's locked in and everyone's wanting to play. I know every game isn't must win, but it doesn't feel like it at this point. We just take it game by game. You know, we're we're trying to have. Um, a, uh, you know, a solid game all around. You know, pitching, defense, and hitting. You know, if, if we give it our all and play hard, and you know, the result ends in a, in a loss. You know, nothing we can do. But um, we're playing good baseball right now, and uh, we're winning. Dad here was he? Was he watching? Yeah, when he said he watches later. Did he watch live? He was watching. He's watching. He, he, he's definitely watching this series. And uh, he's not here. No, he's back home. Um, so he uh, he's very happy though with, with how I stuck with it and you know didn't let you know my previous at bats get to me because um, it's this game is hard you know if you can really sink if you know if you if you let it happen and uh, you know I try to be mentally positive all the time. There are a lot of rookies on this team. Obviously, you had a really standout rookie year yourself. How are you um, sort of helping them, yeah. especially in moments like this, because you guys are playing for so much? How do you help them just from a leadership perspective? Yeah, I mean, I just tell them to play loose. You know, this. You know, we're all on this field for a reason. Um, you know, we don't really treat our rookies like rookies. You know, they're they play, they start. You know, they they they're just like us. You know, so we tell them to go out there, have fun. You know, play hard. That's what we really care about, and um, and do your job. Diaz has the ball, and it's more than yeah. an inning save, which is not an easy task. How much confidence do you guys have? A lot. You know, he's had our backs all year. You know, he comes out there and gives it his all. He always, you know, pitches, you know, always gets ahead of guys. Um, he just he, he attacks guys, and that's why he's a great closer. Uh, and he's got really, really nasty stuff. Um, and that's that's hard to do as a closer to come in for two innings like that. And, uh, you know, give him props for that. Obviously, you guys are playing for a lot more than what the Mets are, but just to add on to his question, was there any extra satisfaction in hitting such a big homer against the team that your dad, like, roots for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. You know, I, I grew up a Mets fan uh, my whole life, and uh, I love playing here. You know, this is a beautiful stadium to me, and, you know, me and my dad used to watch the Mets, you know, in, the, in this stadium, and so it's uh, pretty cool to be playing on this field now and, and doing some cool stuff. Um, but, yeah, it definitely feels good. And here's Hunter Green on his start on Friday night. You know, a lot of emotions for this game today. Uh, frustrating just from the competitive side of me and kind of being uber competitive as, as we are you know, professional players. But, um, you know, he's, he's a great hitter. Um, you know, and it's just we're, we're playing the best guys. You know, as, as we're continuing to hone and uh, cultivate our craft, uh, so are they. So uh, yanked it a little bit. The, the plan was right. Uh, but I just yanked that pitch and he capitalized on it. Is that one thing where you were were you trying to talk David into staying in? I mean, you looked upset that he was coming out, but obviously yeah, you no, want to stay in at all times. Yeah, I felt great. I wanted the ball, and um, I, I definitely felt like that game was mine. And uh, yeah, so you know, just trying to you know, obviously I have a great relationship with David, and not trying to show him up. And you know, he definitely gave me, uh, he trusted me to you know go after Pete, and um, you know that's that's all I can ask from a manager and. I know that that situation is going to come up a lot more in the future. Uh, just, you know, people are going to hate, you know, for me to say this, but once again, it's another learning night for me. You know, I feel like I learned a lot more from tonight as opposed to, you know, just striking him out or getting a ground ball out or a pop up, or whatever. Um, it's nights like tonight where it builds character, and um, you know, it's it's going to be a and that bat that you know kind of haunts me and flashes in my mind quite a bit. So it's just being able to, you know, channel that in the right way and. Uh, you know, just continue to, you know, really trying to be perfect and make great pitches, you know. And lastly, here's Ian Jabot. What's it like being in the – these games are so meaningful. Absolutely. I mean, that's why you do it. That's why 
come out to the ballpark every day and play meaningful games in September and try to make a push for October and keep that thing rolling. When you came into that situation, how big was the double play that you got in that first inning that you're out? I mean, pre- pretty damn huge. Uh, thank God Marte was standing right there, easy flip to Indy and tossed over to first and two quick outs. How much do you guys talk down there about kind of the workload or just how much you've had to do for this team, how much you do? I mean, it's kind of just part of the job description. I mean, we're we're always ready. We're out there ready to go. And um, when we hear that phone ring and our name's called, we get it warmed up. You've been going more than an inning. Do you have to sometimes dig deep like tonight? You've been called upon to go back out there? Thankfully, the first inning was a quick one, so I didn't have to – didn't have to expend too much energy with the five pitches in the first. The double play was big, but uh, no, I mean, you just kind of gather your thoughts and um, take a breather and just get ready to go back after hitters in the next one. You've been asked this before. Were you guys scoreboard watching? And obviously, you know, you won tonight, obviously, in Arizona and San Fran. We're playing late. Are you guys, San Fran's playing now. You kind of watch the scoreboard? We get this close to the end of the season? I mean, Yes and no. I mean, it boils down to just getting our job done and taking care of business and winning games. And if we do that part, then we shouldn't have an issue. All right. Here is myself and Trace Fowler discussing Friday night's win for the Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati Reds, they find themselves victorious over the Metropolitans from New York, 5-3. to three. Nick, uh, a game in which they jumped out to a lead, gave the lead back, got another big homer. Next thing you know, it took somebody from England to save the day. We'll get into all of that. How you feeling, Nick? Hopefully feeling a little better than I was about an hour ago, but I'm feeling great, great, great now. I'm feeling good. Big win for the Reds. In a good spot right now, Trace. They are in a great spot. You know why the Reds are in a great spot? Because they had a deep, 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 deep drive of the game. You know who it is. It's the deep drive of the game, sponsored by Deep South Commodities, and it's Jonathan India, the team leader, the guy that has all the intangibles. He invented the word intangibles. His old man was so sad in the stands because Jonathan India, his son, took down his lowly franchise, his poverty franchise, the New York Mets. For those that care, it was 101.9 off the bat. Don't want to discriminate against the decimals. 411 feet. And for those that even care more, it's 32 degrees off the bat, and the win probability jumped 26%. That let the Reds have an 82.4% chance of winning this baseball game. And as I always say, how they came up with that, I'm not 100% sure. But I do know this. DSC is a a leader. They are a leader, just like Jonathan India, in renewable commodities for biofuel production, specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. Thanks to our friends at Deep South Commodities, John, his gang, that whole team. What a family we have at DSC. Uh, Jonathan India is the first on this rundown list. We got Spencer Steer, and we have a guy named Noel V. Marte, Nick. All three guys had pretty damn good games. Uh, let's start with Jonathan India. Uh, I, I don't want to say that uh, it, he this isn't always just one guy, but it always feels like the easiest way to get hot as a baseball team is to have one or two guys get extraordinarily hot. And India's starting to feel that way for me. It's starting to feel like India might be our guy we, we can kind of just kind of just hook on to and, and, and he's going to drag us along for a little bit. 
Uh, so shout out to him. What what are your thoughts on these three guys, if any? Well, India, I mean, I'll be honest. I, I didn't think the Reds were dead, but I thought Jonathan India's season was dead. Like, right? We didn't think he was coming back, if we were being honest. We were kind of like, man, maybe he'll come back. But I think probably in the back of most of our heads, we thought his season was over. And for him to come back and just have so many big hits, man, deserves a lot of credit. Uh, just what a huge, huge moment that was after such a deflating home run to, to Pete Alonzo. We'll get into that decision in a second. But for India to, to hit that home run in that spot, man, that was... It's a huge home run, and uh, look, that was a reliever that uh, had been pitching really well coming into the series, um, and just a, a huge, huge moment for India. Do you think India? Do you think India's mindset changed, or the Reds' mindset changed with with India specifically when 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 uh, McLean went down? Do you think that made any impact on it? Like, if McLean was healthy and playing well, do you think that do you think that India might have been like, ah, maybe I'm going to make sure that I'm healthy before I come back? But then McLean went down, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that I'm ready. I, I I don't think so, but I'm just curious if you think so. Maybe. Uh it's funny though that India and Marte are both playing so well at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were the those were the those are the budding guys, man. Those are like oh, wait until Marte comes. India's out of here. <laughs> now we need we need them both desperately. Now they're turning double big time double plays together, baby. What a season, man. This season, it feels like 10 seasons in one. And I know you could say that about every baseball season, but I don't know. This one just, just like some of the things that happened, you're like, that was really this season? Like, Marte's playing great. I, You know me. I was high on Marte. I was as high on Marte as anyone, but I did not see this coming this year. Uh, I, I mean, I think Marte had a good season in the minor leagues, but Marte didn't have the the CES, the McLean, the LE numbers at AAA. Like, I thought him coming up was uh, more of just a guy kind of that could maybe help you a little bit. I didn't think he was going to be a massive contributor like this. So for him just to jump in and do this is uh, um, is a crap. I had thoughts all over the place on on these, though. But I, I saw someone, someone on Twitter made a, a really good comment to me said it's interesting to watch how Marte is getting pitched versus Ellie's getting pitched. And because I, I know a lot of people are like, well, why can't Ellie have this success like Marte's having? And I think Ellie's getting pitched a lot more difficult than Marte. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how like that that all adjusts. Uh, but Marte, man, just uh, he's he's hitting the ball hard. Like this isn't like he's not blooping singles in. Hitter. This isn't this isn't luck. I mean, he's. Yeah, one one oh nine today was one of his singles. This guy just—it feels like every night he has a ball hit over one hundred five miles an hour. Yeah, here's the thing um, with the with the Marte and the Ellie comment. Hitting's gonna be very hard if you don't have plate discipline. I mean, that's part of it, you know. Uh, that's some of Ellie's problem. It feels like there's times where Ellie decides he wants to be super conservative and he takes a lot of pitches. And then there's the opposite end of that when it feels like Ellie swings at a lot of pitches. Marte doesn't really have that same mindset. At least it doesn't look that way and appear that way now. So Marte, if you had to put me up against it and say, you know, Marte just looks looks more like a veteran and polished hitter. Doesn't mean I'm not saying Ellie can't be a good hitter, okay? We're not going down that path tonight. But point is, I think Marte is just a really, really good player, man. You just he, he, I mean, the future... 
the future is bright. I, I know that we say that a lot, but it is nice to see these young guys very much look the part. They very much look the part. I mean, they look like big-time players. This isn't like just, oh, you know, he's, this is a cute little rookie we got here. Maybe he'll turn into something. We got some studs. Um, Steer, you know, one thing that was mentioned, and, and I think even Corey mentioned it in the X community thing that we created there, was just like, Steer, Steer, if you said Steer was the MVP and you had a lot of knowledgeable Reds fans around, I don't think you'd get a lot of argument. You know, you wouldn't get a lot of pushback on that statement. I think you can make the case that there's other guys that maybe are better or are, or are the team MVP per se, but Spencer Steer is a guy that you could make the case for and, and, and do a pretty good job of saying that he's the team MVP. Yeah, I, I think TJ Friedel's probably also up there. Um, and like I also had mentioned before, really feels good tonight. Alex Diaz, I think he's got to be in the conversation uh, just because he has... The one thing Alexis Diaz has done, not to jump jump too far ahead, is just the Reds had such little margin for error this year. And for him to have been as as consistent as he's been all year, just, uh, I mean, he blows a couple of those saves. We're, we're this, this right. season's not where we're at right now. No, Diaz has been unbelievable too. It, we, Diaz has been one of those weird situations because he really hasn't come in and, and I'm not going to say it. He's been really good. <laughs> I can't do that. He's been very good. And the times that he hasn't been good is what I'm getting at is that is is when, quite honestly, the Reds were in a really, really tough spot anyways. The Reds have not really been in a the Reds have not been in the driver's seat, if I can say it this way. This is like the this is the political way of trying to answer something that you don't want to you don't want to jinx something. The Reds have not been in the driver's seat in a situation that Diaz has been evolved in and came away and came away with the loss. They he he has been hit a little bit, but all of those times that he's gotten hit have been situations where it was you're going all in, you're bringing him in a bases loaded situation in the eighth inning with one out, hoping that you can get a strikeout and get out of the inning without giving up a run, or you bring him in again in a tie game and 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 you know you're you're bringing him in in the ninth in a tie game and you're trying to get to the tenth um, as as a on the road things like that. So Diaz, to your point, this bullpen is the only reason this team has been able to survive and win all these one-run games. It's as simple as that. A um, couple quick super chats here. Ricky Logan said, I thought, or excuse me, uh, Ricky Logan then adds another super chat, says, India needed a break, pressing too hard with all the rumors and trying to play through injury. I think that's true, Ricky. I think that's more than a fair point, the more you think about it. I mean, yeah. listen, he and, he and he publicly stated that, that he publicly stated that, that it was bothering him. And, I could understand how that could bother somebody. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to think about how that could affect your play when you're talked about not only not only a negative in regards to the trade rumors, but also the fan base, and rightfully so, was not happy with his play because he was he was to steal a to steal a chat name. He was he was putrid. He was bad for a month. Jonathan, he was bad for a month, and uh, we'll see how that all goes. I was just going to say, he, he's got to be feeling confident as hell right now. Oh, I bet. You know, where he came into a situation where where it felt like the Reds were just so desperate for any offense, and he's just jumped right in. And, uh, you know, it, he's got all the good vibes going. It's just, it, it's funny how a season goes. There was points of this year where, uh, this is what's so crazy about the season. I remember our chat, and I don't think there was necessarily like, I'm not, this is not an anti thing against the chat, but I remember nights where 
Jonathan Inia batting fifth. How is he batting fifth right now? Like, do you like that was this season, yeah. and well, now he he's bad. like come back. Yeah, it's just it, it's so wild how things have just flipped so far as the season's gone on. Hunter Green, do you want to start talking about him? Because I think he deserves some praise. I thought I thought Green was excellent tonight. Look, he made one bad, not terrible, I think it was but bad. Not a, it, it wasn't a great pitch, but it wasn't a terrible pitch to a guy that's hit 45 home runs this year, and he hit a home run. Um, look, for Hunter Green to come back, uh, first he came back from injury and had those two starts that were disasters, yep. but he worked through it, had a great start in San Francisco, and then the, the guy gets COVID, comes right back, it doesn't get doesn't he had no margin for error coming back, made a dominant start, and they made a really good start today. And again, for, for people who want to go, oh, 5.2 innings, three earned runs. Look what Zach Gallen and Merrick Kelly just did at that same ballpark the last two days. Both of those guys are great pitchers. Uh Merrill Kelly uh Zach Gallen's gonna get Cy Young votes this year, and he got rocked by this Mets team a couple days ago. So for Hunter Green to come in against a Mets team that was rolling, Chris Welsh talked about on the broadcast. They're second in the National League in OPS in the month of September. Uh, he pitched really, really well tonight. I don't know. I'll save it there, and then we'll get to the, the decision because I'm sure that deserves a conversation. I think Hunter Green was was fantastic. Hunter Green looked like an ace tonight, period. The only the only head scratching moment for me was just the pitch selection, and I know hindsight's twenty twenty. I I understand everyone's gonna be like, well, you wouldn't have said this if 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 uh, Alonzo gets just under that fastball, he pops one out to center field and he flies out. Maybe I wouldn't have, but it did feel like in the moment, it did feel like in the moment when I was just watching Alonzo at the plate. He was hunting fastball. He was looking fastball, sitting dead red on a fastball. And that's what good hitters do. Most good hitters don't go up there looking for anything other than a fastball. It just so happened, unfortunately, Green didn't spot his fastball that well. And 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 good, you know, just because you miss just because you miss on a fastball doesn't mean the guy's gonna hit a home run every single time, obviously. So good for Alonzo to hit the ball as well. I mean, it it it, it takes two to tango to a certain extent when it when it requires a big, big time uh hit. And unfortunately, Green didn't place it, and Alonzo connected. But the biggest point I want to make is it just felt like his slider was the best pitch he had had for multiple innings. He was controlling it so well. I just didn't want to get... I say cute is probably not the right word. I just don't like trying to sneak a fastball by a guy that that has 44 home runs this year and has the power that Alonzo has. And on top of that, he looks like he's hunting a fastball. And you've thrown you've thrown slider after slider for for for, for great pitches. So I get it. You can't throw a slider every single pitch, but if I were to throw a fastball, it would have it would have at least been to try to set up the slider again because he just threw right before that a perfect slider, and Alonzo didn't even look like he wanted to try to mess with it. So besides that, though, I know it's easier said than done. Hindsight twenty twenty, that was the best outing I've seen Hunter Green have all year. I mean, based off based off of the circumstances and everything at play. He was one pitch away from getting through not only what was his sixth. I, I think he would have gone longer. And can we just say this as well? The Mets had some really good at-bats against him, Nick. Like, it wasn't like they were just swinging at bad pitches and they were just miserable, miserable hitters and this, that, and the other. They came in with, the what, the second best OPS in baseball in the last month. And on top of that, 
they had two at bats where they were like 10 pitch at bats. One obviously ended in the strikeout. The second one was the base hit that started the inning that allowed them to hit the three run home run. So they they earned their hits against Hunter Green. And then lastly, I don't mean to kill Spencer Steer, but Spencer Steer could have caught that ball at first base. No offense, but he could have. That would have ended the inning as well. But I don't know what you make of it. I don't blame Bell. I seen you put Bell next to that, Nick. I'm not even going to bring that up because I think a bad I think that's just bad baseball knowledge to think that Hunter Green is going to get taken out there. Yeah, I mean, look, I I'm normally the guy that is third time through the order, you know, pull the starting pitcher. I just felt like if there was ever a spot to let your starting pitcher work through that situation, it was that spot tonight with the way that Hunter Green looked, the way that this bullpen has been used so much. Um and I didn't have an issue with it. I feel like the crowd that has an issue with it, I'll say it, you would have been complaining about David Bell if Lucas Sims gave up a three-run home run. You would have, and I don't believe it for a second. I know you would be doing it right now. I know you'd be saying, how could he possibly go to Lucas Sims there? So, I, I come on, I don't I don't buy that. But uh, I think it's a good learning experience for, for Hunter Green, and it's a lot easier to say when the Reds win the game. But look, that's a good good experience for him that, you know, uh, man, I, I got my chance. I got to make a better pitch, uh, you know, and, and I think it can uh, I think it can help him. I think it can help him this year. I think it can help him in maybe in a, a, maybe five days, right? Yeah, I, listen, I mean, every moment that you have in your career can help you. I, I just don't think that you could watch that game, Nick. I'm just sitting here trying to think to myself how you could consider – how could you consider taking him out? I I, I wasn't even thinking about taking him out, Nick. I was thinking, can he get through the next inning? Because, I mean, that's how good he looked. I'm looking at his pitch count. His pitch count was like at 90. I get the next inning would have been tough, but, I mean, he was sitting like 86 pitches, and then the and then the the uh, their leadoff hitter, I can't think of the kid's name off the top of my head right now. Nemo. Nemo, he, he has another 10-pitch at bat, and it gets him up to 90, and then he gets the base hit, and then obviously we're sitting around 94, 95. Alonzo hits the home run, but, no, I... I, I I genuinely don't even think that it's arguable. I, I Maybe I'm being r- r- naive or wrong, but I, I guess here's the thing. I'll do a chat poll question of the day here. I'm going to go out on a limb and say 85% or more would say that if they were David Bell, they would have left him in. And the 15% are lying. Yeah, I, I would have left him in too. The, the only argument here is it's Pete Alonzo and it's his third time seeing Hunter Green and he's a tying run and he had 44 home runs. So you maybe say, you know, I know Hunter Green's looked so good, but I'd rather him face a guy he hasn't seen twice. Pete Alonzo, that is. So I think there's an argument for it. I just think I would have done the same thing in that spot. Uh, and I, th- I think you're right. I think most people would have. Um, it's funny. I don't remember seeing a single tweet on, on X.com before the home run only after we got the bullpen in here again what do you want me to say about these guys what do you want me to say it should just be can we talk about something else Diaz, why don't you say something nice you say something nice i'll say one thing and i got i got something i really want to talk about, you want to talk uh, about alexis diaz was great tonight dynamite big spot Dynamite insight. Yeah, cool, cool to see. Cool. I mean, it, nice to see him be able to get five outs because we haven't we haven't saw a lot of that. This is true, and that's again as these games mean more, and you're in more desperation. 
uh, it's good to know that, hey, you can't expect him always be to get five outs, but you know that that's a possibility. So I think that was a nice thing to see today. And then uh, Ian Japo, man, this guy uh, has just been great all year. He's been nails, you know, getting out of that. I mean, there was two runners on. He came in, two runners on, no out. Uh, it was a two-run game right after the Reds had just fought back again and taken the lead. That was that was a big job by Jabot getting out of the uh, uh, the seventh inning. If the Reds would have lost, I would have brought this up, and I would have been really pissed about it. So I'm going to do it anyways. I, I'm not trying to say that I'm super, super overly ridiculous. Go, let's go grab our pitchforks and and and, and head outside type stuff. But Nick Senzel cannot hit against right-handed pitching. It, it, it's 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 borderline inexcusable anymore. If he hits, okay, may, uh, let me take that back. If for some reason there's a lefty throwing, okay, and he starts the game, and for whatever reason they get the lefty out of there after like the first or second inning, and the second time, the second time around the lineup, Senzel comes up to hit again, and this team has a two or three bullpen arms that are left-handed. He can hit against a right-hander in that situation. But outside of that situation, I am not letting Nixon Zell hit against a right-handed pitcher under any circumstance outside of that one. I don't get it, Nick. I really don't understand it. Like, we've seen it long enough. If, if we're not going to let Jake Fraley hit against left-handed pitching, then we then you can't let Nixon Zell hit against right-handed pitching. It's the same thing. If you're not going to let Joy Votto hit against left-handed pitching, then you don't let Nixon Zell hit, hit against right-handed pitching. I, I'm not, again... I'm very pleased that the Reds won. I'm very thankful that they won. I do think David Bell mismanaged a couple different situations tonight, and I just don't understand what we're doing. We have plenty of guys on the bench that can replace these guys. Not even like, not even one of those things where you got to like, oh, we're going to have to shift it around defensively. We're going to have to figure it out. You don't even need to do that. There's direct replacements for these guys. I mean, I guess you could tell me you want Ellie to have the day off, but I don't even care if you want Ellie to have the day off. I would have took Steer, put him. At, I would have put him at third base. CES can go back to first. But CES is sick, maybe. I don't know. If CES sick and he wanted to give, and he wanted to give Ellie De La Cruz a day off, explain it to me like I'm five. I can't figure it out. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really get the Reds' uses of CES. Uh, I mean, he was hitting well for the first time since he got called up. And then just to kind of get benched, um, I, I think the Reds have kind of gotten a situation, <laughs> this is how stupid this season is, where they kind of have more players than they thought they were going to have like three weeks ago. I don't think the Reds would have claimed Hunter Renfro if they knew that their roster would be this crowded right now. Uh, I, I think that's a, a real thing um Bader's a little bit different I saw a lot of people so mad that he got the bat again I I do not have an issue with that he's one of the best defensive center fielders in the sport and you had the lead and that's a huge ballpark um I think a lot of managers would have done the same thing I think I honestly probably would have done the same thing um in 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 that spot um but Sinzel I, I I don't I don't get that um, I, I don't get Renfro getting at bats a second time against righties. Um, it's especially just because the Reds have a roster that you can kind of go back and forth. <laughs> like you had CES on the bench, so like even if they only the Mets only have one lefty, but even if you you do and go back, like I don't know, I I, I don't really I, I just I don't get what they're doing with CES. 
Yeah, and I, listen, I I, honest fan brings up a point about Bader. We're not talking about Bader. Like we 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 can all agree that Bader, in some instances, when you have a right hander going, Bader facing a right hander is not what not it's not ideal, right? It's not what we're looking for. However, if it's not a huge spot in the game, like bases loaded, you're down by two, you 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 kind of need to have a big hit in that moment. I'm okay with letting Bader hit because what he provides on the back end defensively in center field, we all agree with that. We all understand the logic to that. But Nick Senzel doesn't provide me much defensive metrics that allow me to sit there and say, okay, I need to I need to keep this guy in. It doesn't... It, Hunter Renfro, with all due respect, I know he wears number 32. Don't get it confused with Jay Bruce. Yes, he looked like a cat jumping tonight and looking like he was going to try to catch a ball that was 35 rows up into the stands. But he's no better than Will Benson out in right field. So, I again, I, I don't try to crush David Bell because I do genuinely think he does a pretty damn good job most of the time. And I also think that he gets beat down all the time by everybody because he's the whipping boy when things don't go well, right? No one wants to give this man credit when they've, they've overachieved beyond all reasonable expectations. He's managed a team that has thrown like 40 pitchers this year or 50, whatever that number is. It's an absurd amount. But we're to the point now where there's things that just don't, I, they're, they're, they're head scratchers. And the only thing that I can say is unless I was a beat reporter and I could ask these questions straight up to David. And I think it's one of those things where you might have to ask David behind closed doors kind of thing, like off the record, because I don't think he's going to actually tell you because he doesn't want to throw his guys under the bus, Nick. But there's something we don't know. Maybe Will Benson's sick. Maybe CES is sick. I know that Reds Daily just said that uh, CES pinch hit yesterday. I, I don't know. Benson had a Benson had a helmet on at one point in the dugout tonight. Yeah, so I thought... So I, I I don't know. I real I, I you hear me stuttering because my brain's a little bit in a pretzel. It doesn't. It just doesn't make logic sense. So whatever, we'll keep it moving. But free CES? Can I say that? Am I allowed to free him? Yeah, I I, I think C, I think you need to get CES in the lineup. And but my my biggest point coming into the day was well, the Reds aren't hitting any home runs, and of course they do hit two tonight. Uh, but man, I think you need that power. I think you need that guy that can hit the ball out of the ballpark. Um, I I'm, I'm I'm a Harrison Bader believer, though. I know he's getting crushed right now. I think he's going to make some huge plays defensively for this team. Whether he's coming in as a late game defensive replacement, I think he can hit lefties. Um, I mean, I just. I, I, it's hard because you are in a really, really small sample and you don't have the whole season to kind of let the numbers, you know, fall where they may. Um, I don't feel as confident about Hunter Renfro. I will say that. Um, I get why the Reds continue to play him against left-handed pitching. I, I understand that. Um, but I, I still believe in Harrison Bader. I will die with that ship. Uh, I think he's a, a valuable player. Um, and, and I know I, I see a lot of people say, well, TJ Friedel could play center field. Well, guess what? If you have TJ Friedel in left field and Harrison Bader in center field, that makes your defense really, really good when you have the lead. And, uh, you know, it just takes one ball that they they get to that you wouldn't that can completely change the entire course of the game. Remember the Cubs game? I mean, the listen, I, and I know they lost like 20 to 2, so they're going to tell me like, oh, that wouldn't have mattered anyways. But listen, Stuart Fairchild, who has been 
a pretty decent outfielder, misplays one ball at Wrigley Field, and 60%, maybe more than that, of Reds fans hate Stuart Fairchild because he misplayed that ball in center field at Wrigley Field. That's a fact. So defense, defensive defensive uh, baseball at the end of games means just as much as what your splits are at the plate because you might only get one more at bat, but there's a good chance you're probably going to get a ball or two hit to you. So um, that's that. Allie made a good point in the chat. Uh, I don't like using Stevenson as a DH. I, I'm kind of on that logic as well, especially if, don't kill me, we only have two catchers. It's I, funny that we only have two catchers when we have 15 position players now. <laughs> Can we just take a second to uh, acknowledge how funny that is? Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but uh, I do find that <laughs> 15 position players two catchers. Yeah, I did not like Stevenson DH. Because it, 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 it did feel like we are going to have to burn the DH today. Maley was looking like he was going to have a hand problem, and I'm and like, I'm, oh, here we go. Now we're going to be now we're gonna be in a spot where we where, where we got a pitcher hitting. Now, of course, they would have pinch hit, but you get my point. And, and I'm, sure, well, I'm sure David Bell would say, well, I got six guys on my pitch. Like, I could keep pitch hitting for the pitcher right. spot. Yes. So, I, I mean, I, like, obviously an injury early in the game would make that really hard. But I do feel like if it was like the seventh inning and you need to pinch it for Luke Maley and lose the DH, it wouldn't necessarily be the end of the world. But I just feel like there's easier ways to navigate the lineup. Um, I just, I I don't know. Hunter Renfro did have, of course, Hunter Renfro had two hard hit balls today. Um, So I don't know. These are, these are really, there's a lot of tough decisions here. There's just not a lot of, of clear cut stuff. Uh, Evan says, you remember when Henry Ramos was the DH for two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this team, man. This team is Do really, this team is hilarious, bro. Sunday, April 30th, 2023. Start time, 1.07 p.m. A total attendance of 18,271. Venue was the Oakland Coliseum. The game duration took two hours and 48 minutes. It was a day game, and it was played on grass. The starting lineup for your Cincinnati Reds. Batting leadoff, playing shortstop, Kevin Newman. Batting second in DH, Spencer Steer. In left field, batting in the three-hole, Stuart Fairchild. Batting fourth, playing first base, the hot-hitting, sweet-swinging Tyler Stevenson. Oh, don't you fear, backing him up. Batting fifth, playing right field, Henry Ramos. Oh, don't worry, in case he can't get a hit. Batting sixth, playing center field, Nick Sinzel. Oh, don't worry, if he doesn't hit. Batting seventh, playing third base, Matt Reynolds. Oh, don't worry, if he doesn't get a hit. Playing shortstop. Batting eighth, Jose Barrero. Oh, don't worry. If he doesn't get a hit, batting ninth, Kurt Casale. The Reds lost, if you're wondering. To Oakland by one run, if you're wondering. It'll never go away. It'll never go away. It'll never go away. It is the worst decision in the history of the Cincinnati Reds franchise to run that lineup out there. 
I know we were 12 and 16. I know we were 12 and 16. But I sit here on September 15th, 2023, and it doesn't go a day without me thinking about that day. Sunday in Oakland. I'm going to put it on a shirt with that lineup on the back of it. That lineup is disgusting, okay? That lineup is absolutely trash, bro. Could you believe running that lineup out there and thinking that you're going to win a Major League Baseball game? You guys wonder why I bring the Sunday in Oakland up all the time? You just found out. That is borderline bad. I mean, golly, those poor fans in Oakland. They thought they were going to come see a Major League Baseball game, and they got they got treated to a double-A game. All right. I digress. God, if you're real, please do not let this team <laughs> miss the playoffs by one game. Either miss by two or make it. I can't have one. I can't have one. All right, let's get you caught up on all the Reds minor league action from Friday night. We'll start off with AAA, where the Louisville Bats won 2-0 over Durham, and Louisville struck out 21 batters in the game. Bats improved to 71-69 and on the season, two games above 500. Of course, the Bats looking for their first winning season since 2011. And the really good start from Christian Roa, Reds' uh, second-round pick in 2020. Five innings pitched, two hits, no runs. He did walk five, but he struck out a career-high 12 batters. Stuart Fairchild made his first rehab assignment uh, coming off the COVID IL. He was 0-for-2 with a walk, scored a run. Uh, Fairchild did have a flyout 102.5 off the bat on Friday night. Kevin Newman's struggles on his rehab assignment continued. He was 0-for-4 with two strikeouts. Jose Barrero was 1-for-4. Uh, Barrero did have a single at 106 off the bat. And Alex Young making his first rehab uh, appearance. Young was on a rehab assignment with Louisville. Uh, had to go on the COVID IL, and this is his first one back. Pitched a perfect inning, striking out the side. So really good to see Alex Young. Uh, definitely think he's probably got a chance to get back in the mix here at some point in the Reds' bullpen. And it was also a good night for AA Chattanooga. They won 10-6 over Birmingham. Lookouts now five games over 500 at 70-65. and Edwin Arroyo stayed hot since getting promoted. He was 2-for-5. Uh, Matt Nelson 0-for-2, did walk twice. And Alan Serta hit his ninth home run of the season uh, between multiple levels in the minor leagues. All right, game number two of this series in Queens. 7-10 p.m., Reds and Mets on Saturday night. For the Mets, it'll be the right-handed pitcher, Tyler Magill. Uh, Magill is 8-7, uh, and seven, got a 5.03 ERA. He started the season in the Mets rotation, made 15 starts, but had a 5.17 ERA. Got demoted at the end of June, really struggled in AAA, 0-3 with an 8.67 ERA. Got called back up on August 5th after the trade deadline when the Mets, of course, traded Verlander and Scherzer. Uh, he, had a four, he has a 4.75 ERA since, but his last three starts, he's been really sharp. He's got a 2.20 ERA. Um, and uh, he's a guy that struggles to throw first pitch strikes, throws him just 56% of the time. So for the Reds can uh, maybe get uh, something going off of uh, Maygill. All right, for the Reds, it'll be the lefty Andrew Abbott. 
Of course, Abbott's had an incredible rookie season. Uh, last eight starts, though, he's been a struggle. He's got an ERA over six and a half. Abbott had eight quality starts in his first 10 big league starts, but only one over his last eight. Uh, Abbott's never faced the Mets or any of the Mets' active hitters. One positive, though, the Mets this season, 14-30 and 30 against left-handed pitchers. So we're not sure what uh, Abbott has left in the tank, uh, but hopefully he has a couple more good starts for the Reds here uh, down the stretch. All right, let's take a look at the NL wildcard teams in action on Saturday. The Giants, they play a doubleheader. The first game will be at 210. Uh, for the Giants, they have Keaton Wynn on the mound. It'll just be his fourth career start. Uh, Rockies have not listed a starter for game one. Game two of the doubleheader will be at 810. Giants haven't listed a starter in that one, but the Rockies will have the lefty Kyle Freeland. Then at 410 p.m., it'll be the Marlins hosting the Braves. For the Marlins, Brian Hoeing on the mound going up against Jared Schuster. And then at 8.10 p.m., uh, Cubs at the Diamondbacks. Kyle Hendricks on the mound for the Cubs, going up against Zach Davies for the Diamondbacks. All right, well, we will be live after Reds-Mets on YouTube uh, right around 9.30. We always go live in the ninth inning. Our guy Craig Sandlin will be back on the show on Saturday night, so looking forward to hanging out with Craig and uh, continuing to follow this wild ride that is the 2023 Cincinnati Reds tied for a playoff spot with 13 games to play. I just cannot say that enough, folks. That is incredible. What a ride it's been. Thank you to everyone who just continues uh, to support our show. Uh, it's gone much better than we ever could have anticipated here in our first year. So that's all thanks and congratulations to you. I haven't asked, though, for yet. We are one review away from having 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you if you are listen on Apple Podcasts, just leave us a quick five-star review. Be the number 100. That would be really great. We would really love to see that. And thank you to everyone who has left a kind review so far. Well, I hope that you have a great Saturday. We'll talk to you again soon. As always, go Reds.